welcome to this 31st episode of the Eating with Clarity podcast. Today we have Katie, a future psychotherapist, sharing her reading, and a whole conversation between Yi and the culture of hustle and getting things done. I also have a new class to introduce to you, but let's start the reading first. Coming on and sharing the reading. Mm-hmm. It's really good of you. It's an interesting one. It's a good question. What do I most need to know right now? Yeah, I like that kind of. I like that kind of question because it's sort of what we should always ask anyway. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. But uh, yes, for anyone else to understand what it's about, you do need to fill in some background. So why are you asking? <laughs> So it's, <laughs> I always feel very nervous about creating questions, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the purpose of casting a hexagram because um, it's quite hard to construct one. I think that's, you know, like a sturdy question. So I always go back to the basics and basically, you know, what do I need mm-hmm. most now? And I think it comes from a place of just being confused uh, in general with what I'm really looking for. So sometimes I'm like, universe, just tell me what I need to know and then that will you know, keep me going for another few months. But really, I've been trying to figure out when is a good time to start building my private practice clients. I'm a psychotherapist in training at the moment. And uh, I'm really in this dynamic of, you know, be patient, wait to start working, wait to make some big decisions until it's the right time. So I guess I keep consulting these types of things just to check in with the universe, I suppose, and see you know, if this is the right time for action, or if I just need to be a bit more patient and um, cool cool my heels a little bit and not be so mm-hmm. you know, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you talk about waiting, of course, since that's the name of the one of the hexagrams you cast. Yeah. So yeah, you asked, what do I need to know most right now? And you have hexagram 61, which is inner truth, changing at lines three and six to five, waiting. Mm-hmm which mm. is we're asking about so yeah at least you know it's talking to you <laughs> um the first thing i always like to do with readings is try to get a feel for how the two hexagrams relate mm. um and hexagram 61 i found in the truth it tends to describe a really vivid inner experience of the second hexagram mm. so this would be a potent inner experience of waiting which mm. makes sense because you're in training and you're looking forward and most of your work and your life is in front of you and you're looking forward, you're in growth mode. Mm. Um, and so there's a sense of 61 sort of trying to contain that inside you. And it's hard to contain because uh, waiting invites a comparison as how things are now and how you want them to be in future and maybe mm. who you are now and who you want to be in future. And I think that comparison and the pull of that shows up in the moving lines. So let's start with 61, mm-hmm. um, Inner Truth. Um, its name, the word inner, if you've seen the Chinese character, it's literally just a square with a vertical line through the centre and it means mm-hmm. the inside, the centre. And apparently, originally, the character portrayed a drum mounted on a pole. Mm. So it has this sense of what resonates, what resonates through the centre, what's felt inwardly, I think. And the other character is Fu, truth. 
which also means confidence and sincerity and trust. Mm. Character for this one shows a, a hand or possibly a claw coming down over the head of a young one. And one of the things it means is incubation. Mm. Mm. It's, <laughs> I was thinking uh, and waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes well with waiting. Mm -hmm. It's quite a big word in the I Ching, this one. It comes up often and it means, like you said, sincerity and trust and confidence and an open channel of communication or a state of being fully connected. So when you put these two together, you have a sense of what you know inwardly, the truth that's inside you, a really vivid inner experience filling your awareness. And the shape of this hexagram, you know, it has two solid yang lines and two broken in lines and two solid ones. And it so that creates a kind of inner space. Um, mm. It's, yeah, there's this, this sort of hollow in the middle of it where your truth, where what you know is contained. Mm. It stands in contrast to the hexagram that comes after it, 62, which has the two solid lines in the middle and two mm. sets of broken lines on the outside. And that has that's called small exceeding or small overstepping. And it's about the experience of the small bird that shouldn't fly too high. And it has a great mm. sense of being a small person in a big world and quite exposed. Mm. So the two are complementary. But you have the inner truth side of things, the being enclosed, being filled up with your own truth kind of experience. The oracle for this one says, inner truth, piglets and fishes, good fortune, fruitful to cross the great river, constancy bears fruit, um, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. I'm, the piglets and fishes, I think, are quite simple in that they mean you're, you've got food, um, mm -hmm. you'll be fed. And they also are the simplest things that people would make offerings with. I'm the the lords and dukes and people might offer sheep. And as you got more senior, you got to offer bullocks and extra special bullocks and so on. But if you were just an ordinary person in an ordinary village, you could offer you could offer pigs or fish because you know you had them around. So there is a sense here of being provided for and having enough to make a simple connection. Mm -hmm. uh, when you wrote to me, you said you kept feeling you needed to be more than you are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there is exactly no pressure at all here to do that. It's like everything's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, everything is inside, everything's contained, there's plenty, it's good fortune, you're fine. Mm -hmm. It does say it's fruitful to cross the great river. So it's hexagram five, doesn't it? Yeah. Which is kind of encouragement to expand your world and commit mm. to new journeys but um, your training in psychotherapy strikes me you're already doing that <laughs> um, that seems like a pretty good river to be crossing yeah mm. it's just i always worry about because there is a bit of anticipation when you pass a hexagram isn't there and, you mm. know until you read it before you connect with it and i guess i'm always really afraid of missing maybe the negative warning or um, anything like that. And I don't know if, because sometimes you can find things online and they different translations and things like that. Uh, but I thought that the hexagrams are positive, but the changing lines are maybe negative. And that's why I felt confused. There is, yeah, there is some tension introduced by that state of waiting, I think. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, you don't need to worry about missing the warning. I think it's written quite large when you get to line six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to do is, is sort of paint the picture of the hexagram so that we have the whole framework and maybe yeah. a sense of where the tension's coming from. So we'll mm -hmm. come to the moving lines last, but yeah, we'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the thing with doing readings. It's this sort of whole, at least three-dimensional structure of relationships. And then you have to start somewhere mm. and talk through it in some order. And wherever you start, it's always going to be the wrong place because there's always going to be something you should have mentioned first. So <laughs> we'll just yes. do it this way around and we'll, we'll have to carry <laughs> Okay, now seems as good a moment as any to interrupt myself. If you've been listening to these podcasts for a while, you'll know that this is how I always start a reading, by looking for its structure, trying to orient myself and the querent among the hexagrams. How are they answering the question? What can we recognise? Of course, that part's fairly easy in Katie's reading because Yi says waiting, and that's exactly what she's doing. And then how do the hexagrams work together? What's their relationship? And, of course, how do the moving lines express that? The idea is to try to understand the whole reading as a single utterance, to see how it all works together and navigate our way around that. This reading navigation isn't the key to interpretation, but maybe it's half of it. The other half is getting inside the imagery, so you can relate to it on a personal level. This is the feeling of recognition that gives you aha moments in a reading. Those become a coherent message, a real answer to your question, as you learn to navigate the reading as a whole. So, a few months ago now, I asked Change Circle members what they'd like from me next, and almost everyone said they'd like a reading navigation class, so I've been putting that together. The idea is to help people get really familiar with the relationship between the two hexagrams of a reading, so you can find your way around that and around multiple moving lines fluently and easily even if the parts of the reading appear to contradict one another. Or, actually, especially if the parts of the reading appear to contradict one another. You just need to build up the mental habits that enable you to navigate a reading and not get lost in it. In a way, this is all in the Yijing Foundation's course already, and that's included for all Change Circle members in the library. But by singling this navigation part out, we can break it down more and go through it step by step, and we get a chance to practice more, getting into good habits at each step. I've made a short course for people to make their way through on the website, but I expect most of the benefit to come from our live Zoom calls, where we can practice with people's real readings. We'll be starting the class on Saturday, May the 20th. To join it, you just need to be part of Change Circle. I'm including it in the membership with no extra charge. So if you join Change Circle before the 20th, you'll be invited to join the class. And you can sign up at onlineclarity.co.uk 
forward slash circle. After the class is finished, I'll put together the online course and excerpts from the class recordings, and all this will be in the Change Circle library as a new course that you can go through on your own at your own pace whenever you like. So you are very welcome to join Change Circle at onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash circle. That's O-N-L-I-N-E C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot C-O dot U-K forward slash C-I-R-C-L-E. Now, back to navigating our way round Katie's reading. Uh, so it's the encouragement to cross the river to expand your world. Uh, the commentary on the oracle, I mean, the ancient commentary on the oracle, actually says this is done using the hollow of a wooden boat. So mm. they were looking at the shape of the hexagram again, which looks a bit like a wooden dugout looked at from above. Yeah. It has that hollow in the centre. Uh, so there's the sense that the inner truth, the state of confidence and trust, means we can just float across the river, um, mm. the space. Hmm. Well, the trigrams of 61. You familiar with trigrams? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. So the picture here is of the wind moving over the lake. Mm creating that inner space between the two where there's water becoming air and air picking up water and becoming water vapour and everything is moving and mobile and mixing together. And so the image that derives from that says above the lake is the wind, inner truth. The noble one deliberates over legal proceedings and delays executions. Slight, slightly rebarbative imagery, I always think. But if you think of legal proceedings as a process of decision making, yeah. then, and there's an image for all kinds of that, I think it makes some sense. Because mm. um, when you decide for one thing, you eliminate and kill off other possibilities. Yeah. If I'm if I'm having sausages tonight, I'm not having fish, and then I mm -hmm. can't have fish tonight, and I can never have had fish today, and uh, you know that's ruled out forever. And, mm. <laughs> Yeah, um, and this this talks about slowing that down, deliberating over legal proceedings, um, delaying the executions, delaying the irreversible decision, not being in a hurry to decide and jump into anything, keeping the inner space open and mobile and responsive. You know, not you're not building things out of bricks and mortar here. Yeah. It's made, made out of wind and water. It's in constant conversation and circulation. And mm. That's where you are. That's what's happening. Mm. The relating hexagram is five, waiting, mm. which, like you said, is exactly what you're doing. Yeah. This makes sense. Um, the old, old meaning of it is waiting for rain. Mm. Um, and if you dig into the old character, it shows someone dancing for rain. Um, and in a, some of the characters, there's a human figure at dancing and the rain is falling above them. But there are a couple where the character for falling rain is kind of mixed in. It's kind of merged into the human figure. And so the rain mm. seems to be falling from their armpits. Oh, and wow. this, yeah. And there was apparently a ritual whereby you danced until you perspired. And this created a sympathetic resonance that brought rain. So all this is in a word that now just means waiting. So it's it's waiting, so it's not active, but it's also not precisely passive, is it? Um, mm. 
it's not you're not just waiting for a bus to arrive <laughs> mm. there is a brilliant story which we perhaps don't have time for now but i'll link you to it about the rainmaker that i think it was helmut wilhelmet in china mm. and yeah that's worth looking at and considering whether he was acting or passive i mm. must remember to send you a link so yeah this is waiting it contrasts with hexagram six which is arguing I think these are two ways to respond when you feel like something is missing. There's something you need you don't have, or there's something that isn't quite as it should be. Um, you can argue, you can contend, you can reason it out, you can say, Your Honor, this is not as it should be, and present your case and be, you know, antagonistic or litigious and bring your demands before the court. Or you can wait and expect and prepare. So you can be in the antagonistic pose, or you can be anticipating mm. and expecting and waiting for and also waiting on, um, aligning yourself with like the person who reigns themselves so that will reign, mm. or just, you know, just to sort of encourage reign so that it will be raining. <laughs> I'm not sure how to put it. It's not exactly a causal thing, but it's an alignment thing. Mm. Mm. Waiting, it says, with truth and confidence. There's who again, same as the name of XRM61. Waiting with truth and confidence, shining out, creating success, constancy brings good fortune, and it's fruitful to cross the great river. Also, as in 61, mm. shining out, creating success, shining out means bright light, means a beacon. So there's this kind of luminous, attractive quality to this kind of waiting with trust and confidence mm. and again this crosses the great river in the spirit of trust um mm. you know because you know that what you need is coming to you and you go towards it as you commit yourself towards it as far as you can in this spirit of confidence mm. the image speaks in the same spirit of confidence of a noble one who eats and drinks and relaxes with music so, you know, he's looking out at uncertainty ahead at an outer trigram, which is Khan running water and pits and flow and flux and things that change and that can't be known. But he's staying constant and steady. And yeah, I mean, he's not saying um, I need to hang on to the last of my grains because I don't know whether it's going to rain. He's saying, I'm waiting and expecting it to rain, and then I'm expecting good crops this year, so I might as well enjoy eating and drinking up mm. last year's. So, yeah, waiting with confidence. Which brings us to the moving lines. But as yes. you say, these are, these are more difficult. And I do think it's because waiting contains implicit tension. The mm. um, hexagram that hides away at the core of it as its nuclear hexagram, which is the hexagram that's made from its inner, inner lines, doesn't mm -hmm. the techni technical stuff doesn't matter. It's sort of an inner core of it is 38, which is opposing. Yeah. Um, that's about things that pull apart and don't converge and won't mix. And there is that sense, the heart of waiting that, you know, I'm here and what I need is, is mm. out there. It's not under the same roof with me. It's not it's not together with me. So yeah, it creates this division into two and maybe a division into two parts of yourself. The line says, gaining a counterpart, maybe drumming, maybe resting, mm -hmm. 
maybe weeping, maybe singing. Mm. Now, if this were a reading about a relationship between two people, then the counterpart would likely be the other person, and you would have a relationship where there was a lot of very dramatic, intense toing and froing, and maybe they're perpetually having dramatic rows and breaking up and reconciling. And, you know, one of them will be loud and the other will be quiet, and one of them will be happy, so the other has to be miserable. Mm. And there's it's this sort of constant drama-generating machine. Um, when it's about one person, I wonder about this division between um, how you are now and how you wish things might be. Mm. Uh, the future ideal self who have done all the things that she ought to have done and got on with things and met all the deadlines and achieved all the stuff or whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that creating contrast and reaction and drama it's always somewhat self self-perpetuating self-generating this line if this is drumming that must be resting if this is active that's passive if this is singing that's weeping it's not exactly communication it's more like reaction mm. it's a sort of emotional seesaw um having painted this picture it's it doesn't actually say it's bad mm. um it doesn't say what a waste of energy, this isn't going anywhere, though it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. But it can just be part of a process, you know, it sort of maybe expanding the range of, I don't know, the emotional breadth, deepening the capacity, mm. um, having all the experiences, <laughs> the, full, the full range. If this line were changing on its own, it would point you to hexagram nine, which is small taming. Um, which by itself, before it got magnified by inner truth, is a very quiet, undramatic sort of hexagram. It says there are clouds, but not rain. So the fulfilment and the realization will come later, and right now we need to tame, we need to nourish potential, we need to get out and do some gardening while we, while we wait for the rain, mm. and shape and cultivate the soil to be what's needed. And at the moment, there are dense clouds without rain, so it's quite dark. Mm. Uh, and I think this line can be the inner experience of that. There's a certain frustration to it. Hexagram 9 also has the same nuclear hexagram um, of 38 opposing the same inner tension of we have this, which is all very well, but we want is over there. And... So yeah, there's a need to cultivate your scope to be able to handle future work um, and future calling, perhaps. Mm. And what can also happen is that the small steps of cultivation and nurturing get kind of magnified because you're sort of caught in this little echo chamber. And it's, yay, I get to hoe the garden and oh my God, I missed a weed. I'm a dismal failure and we're all going to starve. <laughs> It's funny, but it's also not. It, yeah. It gets quite intense. So, as I say, it doesn't say it's bad. So mm -hmm. maybe, you know, it's just a description. This this goes on and, um, you know, the mood goes to and fro and you know, mm. so it is. And perhaps mm. it's just part of a process. Line six. Oh, this one does come with an omen. Cockcrow rises to heaven, constancy, pitfall. Um, yeah, you're, you're not going to miss the warning. It's kind of beating you over the head with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the core, the basic idea here is 
the sound rises and the bird doesn't or not that far. There's a call going out that goes beyond what's possible. I think it's still about the truth of waiting and the division between aspiration and reality. But because you're up line six now, it's more extreme and um, further removed. And it's getting further away from the centre of inner truth. I think it's a clear warning against any idea of I must make myself more than I am. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you can be what be what you are. And there isn't actually anything else you can be anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, this line, if it changed on its own, would point you to hexagram 60, which is measuring and limiting and subdividing something and measuring it out. It can be an agreement you make with yourself or with other people. It's how you say this, this fits, this is within measure, this feels right, this is, this is okay, this will work. My resources extend this far and yeah, this is how I kind of define and map out my existence. Mm. Of course, it's hexagram 60, it comes before 61, and it's a prerequisite for it in a way. It's a good start for it, for self-trust, mm. when you have this basic knowledge of where you are, how, how things fit, what will work. Um, but it's not such a good idea, I think, at this point where it's being used to kind of define and measure things all the way as if you were trying to make the truth follow the definition instead of the definition follow the truth you know, things should be this way mm. um, if i if i go and stand in front of a mirror and declare that i'm an olympic athlete it's i can affirm it every morning without fail and it's, it's actually not going to happen yeah. not until they bring in the chocolate eating event anyway <laughs> so, <laughs> i've got that one in the back <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm wondering. You need, you need, you need measure. You, you need, um, you need a sense of things in proportion, but you don't need to be imposing the proportion, trying to force the connection, trying to lay down the law, uh, or make declarations about what things shall be. That way lies pitfall. Mm. If you persevere in that, don't do that. And this, this more or less brings us to the end. I think. What? What stands out for you? What have you made of us? There's something about maybe, if I think of everything that you've run through, there's something about stop trying to make something happen for its time, mm-hmm. is what I'm getting. Mm. It's, you know, it started off really positive, both the hexagrams actually. You know, this will happen, you can cross the river, this is you know, it's a nice day, you'll have food, you'll be taken care of, there's no worries about survival, let's say, there's no, mm. um, it isn't really life and death, so actually, you can be relaxed about it, and yeah, I think there's quite hard, isn't it, nowadays, with particularly young people, and it's all go, 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 and build something, and make something, and I feel like that's quite like an energy around in the world, and so... Mm. I think that's where I'm. Yes, be be properly entrepreneurial and uh, yes, and you know start yeah. something and make sure you're hustling and all these these things. Oh yes, hustle. That's a great one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, exactly. don't <laughs> make it. Happen yes, and make it happen for yourself. Yes, just just like that cockerel, uh, yeah. who isn't really making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
and it's interesting because I think secretly a part of me knows this but it's like mm. I just need to check every now and again that I'm still doing that that I don't need to act mm. yet but actually what you've run through has even uh, broadened it because I think before I was saying thinking okay I can do waiting I can wait but you know just tell me universe when it's time to act and that's what I keep checking but actually I'm mm. wondering now if it's not that black and white it's not waiting and then action it's waiting and unfolding rather than you know through the journey of waiting in that process things will happen naturally and it's not actually about me trying to start it myself yeah i there's a lot in waiting about becoming ready um, mm. um you know, it's a spirit of expecting and anticipating and preparing for and moving towards and you know you're in training you are doing all that Mm. I kind of assume this involves some work, possibly no, quite a lot of it. Yeah. 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 Mm. And I think that's and... the, the tricky part because I'm already doing it on some level, mm. not doing it yeah. for myself yet um, or on my own mm. terms. Yeah. That's the, the boundary, I suppose. You um, you go through therapy yourself, don't you, as yeah. as part of the preparation. So there is there is inner work involved in a Constantly. inner preparation yeah mm, that's reflected here too i think mm. um, it's yeah you ask what we need to know and you get inner truth and waiting it is definitely a time for inner preparation and not outward achievement mm. uh, and especially not for it's not putting time for putting yourself out there and it's not time for sort of um you know fighting with things and saying this is not how it should be and i have to i have to change it which mm. contains a disconnection that you don't want. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, as for active versus passive, mm. uh, well, I think the answer to that is kind of yes. Um, actually, perhaps I, I will tell you the story of the Rainmaker. Oh, um, <laughs> yes, it, the story comes from a Chinese village where I think it was Helmut Wilhelm was staying. I hope I'm right about that. The son of Richard Wilhelm who translated the book. And they had, were suffering a terrible drought. Mm. It had been going on for months and months, and it was getting desperate. And you know, the Catholics had processed, and the Protestants had had prayed, and the Chinese, the Taoists, had um, performed assorted rituals to frighten away the demons. And nothing was working, and it was still bone dry. It was getting pretty desperate. Mm. And so a sage was brought in, and greeted with great ceremony, housed in a in a hut. All he wanted was a little hut on the outskirts of the village and his bowl of rice. Um, so they brought him his hut and his bowl of rice and left him alone as he requested. And for three days, that was it. And then on day four, they had a snowstorm. It was not snow season, but they had an enormous snowstorm. <laughs> and the little man emerges from the hut and uh, leaves. And Helmut, being a good, enlightened European, goes up running after him and says, how did you make it snow? man says i didn't make it snow nobody makes it snow something he says something like i came here and this place is out of Tao, out of harmony mm. with the way everything here is out of harmony so of course it's not raining and then i came here so i was out of harmony as well so it took me three days to get back into harmony and then of course once you have snow mm. that's it <laughs> um so was he active or passive <laughs> Answers on a postcard. I don't know. <laughs> I I think there's a third category. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. Mm. yeah, I suppose when I say active and passive, I have very clear ideas about what both of them actually are. And mm. maybe that's not so true as in your story. Maybe, you know, our idea of active is only one kind of activity or one way of being that yes, way. The, 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 the hustling sort. Mm. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then there's something, if I think about the first hexagram of inner truth, inner knowing, there's something, there is something active in that of, it's a sort of journey towards a bit of certainty about what you know is yours and what, you know, you accept is not. There, so actually, you know, it could still be activity, but in a different way than I'm thinking of, and that's maybe skewing me mm. a little. Not, not all activity mm. has a to-do list, dare I say. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you. Um, thank you for sharing the reading. Thank you for giving me some more information. I, especially the counterpart part of the hexagram. I completely read that as in me in relation to someone else rather than the parts of myself. Mm. So that's really helpful. Well, I can be you in relation to someone else. It works that way too. Mm. Yeah. It just says gaining a counterpart or an equal and. It is quite often a part of oneself. Hmm. So that was the reading. I'm not quite sure why the recording ended there, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget that if you'd like to develop your skill in finding a way around your own readings, the reading navigation class starts very soon in Change Circle, which you are extremely welcome to join at onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash circle.